very welcome to the next episode of the Garden of Confidence. Um, I'm really excited. Today is my guest, Aoife from Happier at Work. So Aoife has her own podcast out and she is an expert in imposter syndrome. And I think that is something that a lot of us um, not suffer with, but maybe face or see every day in our life. And some of us mightn't even know it. So I'm delighted to have Aoife here today. You're very welcome, Aoife. Thanks so much, Sharon. I'm delighted to be here. It's such a privilege to be on the, on this podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so I suppose if I go back a couple of years ago, I would have these feelings in work and professionally in my professional work as an accountant. And let's say um, I would maybe get a project over the line um, I'd be with a client and they would give me another body of work or they'd promote me or they'd give me extra um, regions to look after. And inside I used to I'd be excited and I'd be grateful for it but inside I always had this little nudging feeling of I'm going to be found out and you know they'd be praising and saying you know this is great work and you know etc etc and I'd be inside going oh no no stop 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 because you're building up so much that I'm going to be found out and one day it's all going to come crashing down around me and I suppose I thought I was the only person that felt that way. And then maybe a couple of years ago, I heard about the term called imposter syndrome. And I read a little bit about that. I meant, oh, okay, there's an actual term for how I'm feeling, which also means it's not just me, which also helped immediately to know I wasn't Mm. alone. So will you explain a little bit from your side, Aoife, like what exactly is imposter syndrome and what way do you feel when you have it? Absolutely. So Sharon, like I'm similar to yourself in that I was in a corporate environment and I got promoted to this position and I was having a conversation with a friend and and similar to yourself, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure about opening up about it, but, you know, because you think, oh, I'm the only person who feels this way. And my friend said to me, oh, it sounds like you have imposter syndrome. And I was like, oh, oh, there's a name for it. So really what it means is that you think that you got to where you got to through fluke or through pure luck. And you have this overarching sense of self-doubt. But more than that, you think that you're going to be found out by the talent police or whoever you want to think it is. And you're always kind of anticipating for that knock on the door when eventually they're going to find you out and they're going to realize that you're a total and utter fraud and that you've been fooling them for years, you know, as if they're really stupid people that they can't detect that you're that you've been hiding this from them for for years. But you do, and we convince ourselves that actually we're not good enough to have attained whatever we have attained. That it was just down to absolute pure luck. Um, but when we feel it, and, and kind of going back to what you said earlier, and and certainly how I felt, you feel like you're very much alone. And if you admit to having imposter syndrome, you think that, well, that's a surefire way of getting exposed by saying I'm a fraud, because then you're revealing yourself to people and then they'll finally realize, actually, yes, Sharon, you are a fraud. And, you know, it's it's funny how it works, but it is it's that sense of you know, um, I just need one more qualification and then I'll be an expert. I I need to be good. Sharon's really good at this. I'm really good at this. I need to be good at what Sharon's good at as well. And then I'll be good enough to be able to do this. Um, I need to be able to do stuff alone. And I don't need to ask, if I have to ask for help from someone, then I'm a total fraud because I can't do it by myself. Um, So there's a few different ways that it shows up and there's five different types of imposter and, it, it, you know, ways that it 
can come across would be things like perfectionism, procrastination. So perfectionism, that's something I can totally relate to. I'm, I like to think of myself as a recovering perfectionist. I'm, I'm working on my website at the moment and, you know, I, I'm trying to get everything in order so that it's good enough, but also like conscious that I want to make sure that it's, I do. I won't say perfect, but I want to make sure that it's really, really excellent. So rather than striving for perfectionism, it's more I'm I'm going for excellence and okay. you can always learn from your mistakes and things like that as well. Um, but other ways that it can show up will be around procrastination. So if you put stuff off and like this is I know certainly I can relate to this, that you put things off to the last minute and you're like, oh, well, I knew I was going to fail anyway. And um you kind of do a bit of a half-assed effort and then suddenly things don't really go according to plan. And then you're like, oh, well, sure. I knew that was going to happen anyway. I'm not good enough to do that. I never realized that was actually tied back to imposter syndrome as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a a self-sabotage, isn't it? So you're getting in your own head. You're getting in your own way. Something that I definitely have experienced firsthand where you're like, you either forget to do something and on the subconscious level, it's because you think that you maybe you're not good enough to do it or you don't deserve it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you, you sabotage yourself in ways maybe that you don't even realize or you don't even think about, but like things like overwork as well. So if you're staying late, if you're working long hours, it's to compensate in some way because you think that people, people are talking about you and people uh, people don't think that you're up to the job so you need to compensate for that in some way um you know if you're in a meeting and you're not wearing I, I think I've all of this. Sorry? I think I have all of the personalities the more because I never realized is, oh, all yeah. of this ties back to that feeling it's probably yeah. feeling not good enough like you said it's not only just the imposter yeah. it's your feeling not good enough. and I, it can be so it's such a stressful burden to carry around yeah Um, and you know one of our guests was on and she mentioned and I suppose she had an excellent career was really really successful um and worked her way you know through vice uh through VP all the way up to CEO and it was only then when she was being mentored um and she basically just kind of I suppose opened up and said every day I'm terrified coming to work because I feel I'm going to be found out um and and that's someone at a a CEO level as well so I mean it goes across all the spectrums, doesn't it? It's not just maybe a gender thing or it's not just a particular where you're at in your career. I mean, it can be right up there as well. That's exactly it, Jared. So like there's, I don't know where these stats come from, but these stats are bandied about across multiple, multiple websites. About 70% of people suffer from imposter syndrome at some stage in their career. And I say people very specifically because it's not just women who suffer. I think men and women both suffer from it, but we approach it in, in different ways. Um, so it's it's not it's not a gender specific thing. And as you mentioned, it doesn't just happen at the early stages of your career. In fact, oftentimes it's more likely to happen the more senior you get, because the more senior you get, the more you know, but also the more you know that you don't know. And when you reach those levels, it, unless you have addressed your imposter syndrome kind of and have ways to cope with it and have ways to deal with it, then it, the gap becomes wider between what you think you should know and do versus what you think you do know and do. And so the perception then, like, so, you know, the example that you shared about that, that lady who, who was a CEO, like that's, that's 
not surprising in some ways, because as you progress through that career ladder, it can't, you know, if she had that all the way through, but finally she was able to open up. But had she managed that through, then she would be maybe recognize, well, this is a thing. And and I suppose it's 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 putting a name on it, isn't it? And yeah. saying, you know, much like what you said. So like, oh, this is actually a thing. It's not just me who's who's suffering in silence. It's a common thing. A lot of people suffer from it. And if I can just verbalize it to someone, then it makes it, I get this kind of sense of reassurance. Like, oh, and yeah, really, well, I actually got that yeah. as well. Yeah. In this kind of shared um, shared humanity, let's say, yeah, because exactly. I mean, they say 70 percent of people. I always have to wonder who are the other 30 percent who don't suffer from imposter syndrome who have never yeah yeah because when I realized like I said that there was a terminology and it wasn't just me I suppose it made me think a bit more about it and like you I kind of thought well okay actually we all must have some level of it somewhere and even is it only in our working life because like if I look at my own life right so um and so this might be a slightly off topic, but say I'm a single mom and some of my friends might say to me, just a very off the cuff remark they'll make, you know, oh, your kids are lucky, you know, you're a great mom. Really, no, general, just off the cuff remark. And I instantly go, oh, if you could just see him here at nighttime and bedtime, you know, and <laughs> in my head, I'm instantly, instead of just being happy or grateful for it, I'm thinking, going, oh no I'm gonna be found out one of my kids when they're older gonna say no when it was bedtime she's be given out to us to go to bed or you know whatever it be um, or she let us watch tv because she was trying to work in the evenings whatever it is but it, yeah. so for me I'm questioning it's not only work it can kind of spread into other parts of your life can it that's, or is that not yeah, impossible well, syndrome? that's well that's such an interesting question Sharon like and I suppose like I'm not a mum so I can't relate directly to that experience yeah. but I suppose for me, imposter syndrome is this worry that you're going to be found out. So it's more than just doubting your own abilities as a mum. It's more like they're going to find me out and yeah. like child services are going to come and take me away because they're going to realize that I'm a crap mum or, or whatever it might be. But yeah, I do think it can, like I focus very much on the workplace, but I do think it can impact on other aspects of your life in in relationships um you know in in um friendships in in parenting all of that yeah. kind of stuff um but it really comes back down to this idea that first you know you're going to be found out so for for things that you can be found out for then yeah definitely um yeah so so i think motherhood could be one potential what it does, one. yeah Maybe not so much relationships when I'm thinking about it now. Well, I don't know, but I think it could be because I think maybe if your partner says, oh, you're very good and you're always looking after me, you know, you might think, yeah, but in your head, you might be begrudging giving them the dinner or something because you want it to be off doing something else. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it can kind of stretch across, you know, it's, yeah. I think like you said, it's back to that thing of being found out, somebody praising you maybe for something that you don't 100% sit right with inside to feel yeah. that it's one you feel you were lucky to get this or yeah. you just got it by food yeah or something maybe like a little bit yeah. and I just wonder in work as well um because I, you know I suppose I'm trying to think there must be it must be limiting some people as well in work because on paper let's say if there's a promotion or maybe you know just a different job somewhere else on paper you may have everything that's needed but I just wondered this somehow, if you do suffer with this, I'm sure it causes you to maybe second guess yourself. And even if you go forward for that interview, 
I'm sure there's a lot of kind of sweaty palms sat there thinking, you know, this company is going to find me out. The last company I was great in and I was great at fooling them, but this is a whole new company now and they're going to yeah. definitely see that I'm not all that. Would you think yeah. so, Aoife? Oh, absolutely. 100% agree, Sharon. Um, there's a couple of different points that I'd like to make on this. And when it comes to promotional opportunities, definitely imposter syndrome gets in the way and convinces you that I'm not good enough to go for this promotion to begin with. And I suppose men and women approach it from a couple of different ways. And I, I read this recently. I thought it was very interesting. So on the one hand, you have a man and you've, you've, I'm sure you're familiar with these stats where it says like, so there's 10 requirements for a role yeah. and a man has six of those requirements and he's going to put himself forward for it because he thinks, ah, sure, the other four, I can learn those. And a woman has nine out of 10 and thinks I better not put myself forward because I don't have all 10. Yeah. You know, so the way we approach these types of things, and that's proven, you know, we approach it in very different ways. When it comes to imposter syndrome, when men go for a promotion and they they get it, then it it kind of banishes this idea. It proves to them that they don't have imposter syndrome and oh. that, you know, they've it's kind of a it becomes an, an affirmation or a self-affirming thing where they they are in this new level of responsibility and the company believes in them. So therefore they must be okay. good because they have been promoted. And let's take a woman as an example then. So most of the time, instead of going for a promotion within her own organization, she might actually switch organizations to try and get that promotion because she's feeling imposter syndrome. And she doesn't want to feel the shame of going for a promotion and not getting it because then she'll have to stay within the same organization. And that would be very shaming. And, and um, you know, it just makes okay. you feel not very good at all. We're complicated. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> but if, if she went for that promotion and if she got it, then kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, the kind of the chasm between what she knows and what she thinks she should know becomes even greater because she has this greater level of responsibility. So it exacerbates the ah, okay. imposter syndrome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I suppose it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, the first thing is realizing that this exists and it's not only you. Um, but I mean, there must be tools then that you can manage this before it maybe gets out of control or I don't know whether it's affirmations that you talk to yourself but something to kind of because like I said it is a real heavy weight on your shoulders so have you got yeah. any great tips for just to yeah absolutely to and, a bit? and be, well before I talk about some specific tools you can use you did say there are some positives to it so like for me having imposter syndrome and talking openly about it, it, it helps you to be more vulnerable, to be more authentic and to connect with other people in, in a better way by mm -hmm. just admitting it. And, you know, this, this happened to me where there was someone in a, a company that I used to work in and she was like, I would have thought she's the obvious choice to take over this role. And she got promoted to a very senior position and we went for a coffee and she's like, oh, it's interesting that you're talking a lot about imposter syndrome recently because I have that. And I never would have dreamed that she would have imposter syndrome, you know, that sort of way where yeah. you just think, no, she's the obvious person. There's no way that she has that. But from an outsider perspective, you you would never guess that. And I think that's that's the difference, because from the outside, you never know if someone else has imposter syndrome unless they say it. Um, so for me, it makes it much more relatable. So there are definitely positives to it. 
um, in terms of, of managing it and overcoming it and, and dealing with it, because it is it is really stressful. I think the first step for me, I always talk about the ABC approach. So the first step is to acknowledge it. So simply by acknowledging that it is imposter syndrome rather than like, um, oh, I know that there is this thing called imposter syndrome, but I really am an imposter. It's it's acknowledging it that it is imposter syndrome, that it's not you're you're not actually an imposter, and you're not so, a fluke. You're not exactly isn't a fluke. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, like so acknowledge it, and you can um you know you can write down what is the imposter actually saying. What are the words that I hear, and you can um give the imposter a name as well. And when you when you write down what the imposter is saying, you can ask yourself: Is it true? So can I? give an acknowledgement to this is is what the imposter is saying actually true um so that's the the kind of first step is is the acknowledgement piece and then it's it's moving on to believing in yourself so it a lot of it stems from not having that sense of belief in yourself so if you can take what the imposter is saying and if you can flip that script and turn that into positive affirmations for yourself if that's something that helps you to believe in yourself. So it might be something as broad as I'm not good enough or something like that. And you can flip it and you'd be like, um, you know, I'm I'm good enough at what I'm doing now and I'm learning every day. So it's turning okay. it into something positive uh, for you. So like it's it's really unique depending on exactly what the imposter is saying. And I'm I'm using it at the moment because I feel you're I, you should be constantly growing no matter what it is that you're doing. And when we grow, that's when we, we stretch our comfort zone and other things start surfacing and we're like, oh, I'm trying something new. I'm not good enough to do this or I'm going to get found out or something. And that's really important because you could be in one role and we could kind of go through, say, the tips that you're sharing, Aoife, and really get solid within ourselves And then yeah. go for that promotion. But all of a sudden, when you're in the next role, it's okay. It's not that everything's up in arms again because this starts yeah. again. You know you're expecting this you know will start to again. It. And it's a good yeah. sign because you're growing. So it's all positive. You just need to learn yeah. how to manage it. Okay, that's really I've never Absolutely. looked at it that way before. Actually, Absolutely. that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's popping up again because you've done something that that's uh that's now allowing you to grow in some way and it's it's cropping up again and you just need to know this is what it is how can I talk to myself the the other thing with believing in yourself sometimes it's not easy to to really believe in yourself you can use affirmations you can jot down all of the successes that you've had in your life and like what kind of skills were required in order to achieve that it can be in your personal life so I've done a lot of travel myself um what kind of skills were required in order to be able to travel around the world by myself, you know, good communication skills, easily making new friends, like things like that. Yeah. And it reinforces this sense of kind of who you are. And um, you can also ask other people. So asking people for help as well. And it's really this, you know, it's so scary to ask for help a lot of the time, especially if you have imposter syndrome and kind of acknowledging that you have imposter syndrome to someone else, but they can help to reassure you, you know, maybe you don't have to say to your boss, look, I have imposter syndrome, but you might ask for encouragement around, can you remind me again of the reasons that you hired me for this promotion or the, the reasons okay. that you hired me 
for this role. And you don't have to admit to have an imposter syndrome because that's a scary thing to do, I think. And and like I was saying earlier, sometimes we think if I admit to being an imposter, they're going to find me out even they're sooner than start, if yeah, I that don't. They'll start I'm going to tell them I'm an imposter and that's not what I want at all. Um, so there's that on, on, on the one hand. So it, it's about getting this sense of, you know, do the things that you need to do to be able to believe in yourself. Like your your self-belief shouldn't really come externally. But if that's something that helps to to kind of reinforce those feelings in you, then then that's something you can look at. And then the third step is call to action. So what what is the first thing that you need to do and make it small so that it's not big and scary and you try something and it doesn't work and you run away because it's, okay. it's been a big failure. It's thinking about what's the one small step that I can take now to, to manage this. Like what, it, what, where am I getting in the way here? Am I not putting myself forward for opportunities? Am I not speaking up? Am I not connecting with the right people? Like what is the one step that you can take? But in doing that, it's, it's also learning, <clears throat> excuse me, learning from your experiences, learning from your, I don't like to say the word failures, but like if things don't work out, take that as an opportunity to learn that it's, it doesn't mean that it's, you're a total and utter fraud, that you're a total and utter imposter. Um, but take that as an opportunity to learn and ask for help where you need help as well and don't be afraid to ask for help and just by asking for help it doesn't mean that you're a total imposter and you can't you don't have to be able to do everything on your own you know that's important isn't it to say that if that you actually don't have to like I know we always say it's not a sign of weakness but the reason it's not a sign of weakness is because we're all here like you know you're not meant to have all the skills I'm not meant to have all the skills Um, and together we make more yeah that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. um, Aoife, for our listeners, because there's loads of advice here and I know as well your podcast, I love listening to your podcast. Um, it does be, so it's my company on my drives going up and down the countryside and <laughs> um, COVID is gone. Where is the best for our viewers to contact you and to learn more about all the great Absolutely. things you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if people want to check me out, they can go to impostorsyndrome.ie. And in that, I have um, a workbook that you can download, which relates to imposter syndrome and exactly what I was talking about, the A, B and C, and like some of the signs of imposter syndrome and how other ways that it shows up. I also have a quiz. It's just a fun quiz to find out like what kind of imposter are you? It's it's one of the five different types. Um, or if they want to listen to the podcast, search for Happier at Work, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Okay, fabulous. And then I always ask every guest, if you could just leave one bit of advice, what would be your lasting bit of advice to leave with us today, Eva? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's always hard um, to get down to one. It is. One <laughs> it is. It's so it's so tough. I think, um, but. But maybe it just stands back down to this. If you're thinking that you're you're not good enough, you're going to be found out, just acknowledge that it's imposter syndrome, that it's, you know, sometimes it's genuinely, I need to get an additional qualification in order to be able to do something. For, but for the most part, the knowledge that you have in your head is is good enough to be able to help other people. So Maybe it comes back down to um, just acknowledge if you have if you have that voice going on in your head that acknowledge that it is imposter syndrome. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. Listen, Aoife, I've learned lots and lots today. It's been lovely talking about you and definitely a topic that I'm very, very interested in. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Sharon, for having me on. Love to be here.